So today in Isabella's podcast, we are going to be discussing a famously known sci-fi novel named A Scanner Darkly. So this book is obviously titled A Scanner Darkly, and the author is Philip K. Dick. He has been known to make the original novel of um, Blade Runner and is known to have gone through some drug addict issues and is known for committing a suicide which went wrong. And this novel was published 1977. So we're going to do a thesis statement about this novel, which is going to be answering the largely asked question, how do humans explore the unknown? So the thesis statement I have came up with is In a Scanner Darkly by Philip K. Dick, the author was able to answer the largely asked question of how humans explore the unknown by explaining how drug abuse allows you to explore different perspectives in the world and human mind. The novel first starts off in Orange County, California, and then featured June of 1994 in a dystopian society. So the protagonist is Bob Archer, also known as Fred, and is well known as Bruce later on in the novel. So this character in the novel is first introduced as an undercover narcotics agent named Fred. Then Fred was revealed when undercover to be called Bob, a drug abuser of substance D, which is a powerful psychotic drug. Later on in the novel, he forgets his name and gets renamed Bruce for the last part of the novel. The antagonist throughout the novel switches from Jim Barris to himself. Himself meaning that meaning Bob when Fred had no recollection that he was Bob as well. So the conflicts that occur between Jim Barris and Bob include a variety of events. But most importantly, the ongoing trust issues they have for each other. For example, Jim would purposely want to sabotage Bob to uncover who Bob truly was. Bob would also get in multiple arguments with Jim. And at one point in the novel, Bob had thoughts of strangling him alive. Because he was thought of as a potential threat to everyone. Issues including Bob and Fred includes Fred getting assigned to hold an investigation on Bob. At the beginning of this assignment, Fred found it fairly easy. 
But as he progressively became more and more addicted to substance D, it caused the deterioration of longitude fissure. And you may be asking, what is longitudinal fissure? Well, it separates the two brain hemispheres, which naturally would be creating two different personalities. This event also causes the uprising of the rising action. So the plot and character continues, and there are some supporting characters in the novel, which include Ernie Luckman, Charles Freck, and Charles Freck, who are roommates with Jim Barris and Bob Arctor. They provide second opinions of situations in the novel and provide as well representation of how drug drugs influence the way they act and see the world differently compared to someone who was not under the influence. Then there is Donna, who is the feminine influence in this novel. She is portrayed as a sad, gentle, and caring girl. She is also the lover of Bob. She is as well a drug dealer who specializes in dealing substance D to Bob throughout the novel. She creates a sort of calming state for Bob and a way for getting back to reality. But since she is his drug dealer, he creates a dependency on Donna. Then there is Jerry Fabin, who is the person who was being described in the first line of the novel. Jerry was mentioned as a mentally insane person who was being described as an addict to substance D. He saw books all around his house, which were later discovered to be called affides. It got to the extreme where he almost burned down his house to kill all the affides. So, the Federals, they locked him up in a mental facility. And at the end of the novel, this is a spoiler, he dies. So, throughout the novel, he is not mentioned as much as the other characters. But he is a large chunk of the exposition of the novel and has the purpose of being a prime example of what substance D can do to you and a prime example of how the government treats addicts. Lastly, there is one more character that contributes a little to the story plot, which is Hank. Hank is also an undercover agent and is the co-worker of Fred. Hank, although, starts the story with not knowing who Fred is. Since they both wear scramble suits. A scramble suit is an invention created to conceal their identities and voices. So, he is at first very strict on work conversation only. But, you can see as the story progresses that he is actually a very caring person. And offers help to Fred as he starts going mentally insane. 
So this is the plot continued with spoilers. So I don't suggest you listening to this unless you want to hear some major spoilers of the plot. Furthermore, with spoilers included, he is an essential part of the climax, referring back to Hank, since he contributes to telling Fred that he is also Bob, since Hank figured out Fred's real identity through elimination process. He was also a little part of the falling action. During the falling action, Bob is seen as useless to the department, so they consider putting him into a mental facility like Jerry Fabeman. But Harry tells Bob to run away as far as he can from the town and to not come back. Bob listens to Hank, and Bob finds Donna, his girlfriend. And she takes him to a rehab center that he had previously visited a while back during a undercover assignment. Donna then is revealed as an undercover cop as well, and that her mission throughout the novel was to direct Bob into getting an addiction to substance D so that he could go into the rehab center And why the rehab center, you may ask? Well, it was believed that the rehab center was a large substance D production facility. And the overall goal for Donna was for Bob to come back to Donna and provide her a blue lily, which was disguised as substance D without causing suspicion. This is also the resolution of the story. It causes a drag of suspense to leave the reader with the dissatisfaction and a lingering thought in their mind because the reader never finds out if Bob made it to Donna to give her the blue lily and cause the drug bust. So now we're going to be discussing some topics discussed in the novel. So the first one is the antagonist development. So Bob slash Fred, slash Bruce, had a large development from the beginning of the novel to the ending. So we're going to be discussing it. So in chapter two, his mission was to get Donna to sell to him until she gets tired of selling to him. And she sends him to the head person in charge in order for it to become a bust. In chapter four, Bob fully acknowledged that the drug was eventually going to destroy him. And then in chapter 7, Bob realizes that his friend group is gaining a darkening change, which 
as the reader, I could only assume it is the, the addiction getting stronger for Bob's friend group. And then in chapter 8, Bob becomes addicted to Donna's personality, which is viewed as the portal to reality. Then in chapter 9, Bob gets angry because of his new discovery that Donna now has a lifelong addiction to opium. Why I would assume Bob got angry was because he knows what addiction can do to a person, and he does not want that to happen to Donna, which shows some connection towards Bob and Donna. And then in chapter 9, Bob feels his heart linger when Donna touches his hand, and she lets go. Which is important because this is the first time he feels happy about anything. Throughout the novel, he was just seen as a gloomy, non-emotional human being. But when he was with Donna, he actually felt something, which is something to note. And then moving on to chapter... 13. Fred is revealed to him by Hank that he is Bob as well. And then chapter 14, Fred gets entered into a rehab center named as Bruce. So it went from chapter 2, which was him and his original mission to do a drug bust, to him entering a rehab center, which is a large story development. So the plot and character continues and there are some supporting characters in the novel which include Ernie Luckman, Charles Freck, and Charles Freck, who are roommates with Jim Barris and Bob Arctor. They provide second opinions of situations in the novel and provide as well representation of how drug, drugs influence the way they act and see the world differently compared to someone who was not under the influence. Then there is Donna, who is the feminine influence in this novel. She is portrayed as a sad, gentle, and caring girl. She is also the lover of Bob. She is as well a drug dealer who specializes in dealing substance D to Bob throughout the novel. She creates a sort of calming state for Bob and a way for getting back to reality. But since she is his drug dealer, he creates a dependency on Donna. Then there is Jerry Fabin, who was the person who was being described in the first line of the novel. Jerry was mentioned as a mentally insane person who was being described as an addict to substance D. He saw books all around his house, which were later discovered to be called affides. It got to the extreme where he almost burned down his house to kill all the affides. 
So the Federals, they locked him up in a mental facility. And at the end of the novel, this is a spoiler, he dies. So throughout the novel, he is not mentioned as much as the other characters. But he is a large chunk of the exposition of the novel and has the purpose of being a prime example of what substance D can do to you and a prime example of how the government treats addicts. Lastly, there is one more character that contributes a little to the story plot, which is Hank. Hank is also an undercover agent and is the co-worker of Fred. Hank, although, starts the story with not knowing who Fred is, since they both wear scramble suits. A scramble suit is an invention created to conceal their identities and voices. So, he is at first very strict on work conversation only. But, you can see, as the story progresses, that he is actually a very caring person and offers help to Fred as he starts going mentally insane. So this is the plot continued with spoilers. So I don't suggest you listening to this unless you want to hear some major spoilers of the plot. Furthermore, with spoilers included, he is an essential part of the climax, referring back to Hank, since he contributes to telling Fred that he is also Bob, since Hank figured out Fred's real identity through elimination process. He was also a little part of the falling action. During the falling action, Bob is seen as useless to the department, so they consider putting him into a mental facility like Jerry Fabeman. But Harry tells Bob to run away as far as he can from the town and to not come back. Bob listens to Hank, and Bob finds Donna his girlfriend, and she takes him to a rehab center that he had previously visited a while back during a undercover assignment. Donna then is revealed as an undercover cop as well, and that her mission throughout the novel was to direct Bob into getting an addiction to substance D so that he could go into the rehab center And why the rehab center, you may ask? Well, it was believed that the rehab center was a large substance D production facility. And the overall goal for Donna was for Bob to come back to Donna and provide her a blue lily, which was disguised as substance D without causing suspicion. This is also the resolution of the story.
It causes a drag of suspense to leave the reader with a dissatisfaction and a lingering thought in their mind because the reader never finds out if Bob made it to Donna to give her the blue lily and cause the drug bust. So now we're going to be discussing some topics discussed in the novel. So the first one is the antagonist development. So Bob slash Fred slash Bruce had a large development from the beginning of the novel to the ending. So we're going to be discussing it. So in chapter two, his mission was to get Donna to sell to him until she gets tired of selling to him. And she sends him to the head person in charge in order for it to become a bust. In chapter four, Bob fully acknowledged that the drug was eventually going to destroy him. And then in chapter seven, Bob realizes that his friend group is gaining a darkening change. Which, as a reader, I could only assume it is the the addiction getting stronger for Bob's friend group. And then in chapter 8, Bob becomes addicted to Donna's personality, which is viewed as the portal to reality. Then in chapter 9, Bob gets angry because of his new discovery that Donna now has a lifelong addiction to opium. Why I would assume Bob got angry was because he knows what addiction can do to a person and he does not want that to happen to Donna, which shows some connection towards Bob and Donna. And then in chapter 9, Bob feels his heart linger when Donna touches his hand and she lets go. Which is important because this is the first time he feels happy about anything. Throughout the novel, he was just seen as a gloomy, non-emotional human being. But when he was with Donna, he actually felt something, which is something to note. And then moving on to chapter... 13, Fred is revealed to him by Hank that he is Bob as well. And then chapter 14, Fred gets entered into a rehab center named as Bruce. So it went from chapter 2, which was him and his original mission to do a drug bust, to him entering a rehab center, which is a large story development. Next, we're going to be discussing the topic of government control. So, government control was a large 
part of the dystopian setting. So in chapter two, you can see the government control every action everyone does into a predictable action. For example, Bob is seen as listening to the same radio station as everyone else he is surrounded by. And then in chapter four, Jerry wanted to get sent away to a clinic since the substance D drug was too much for him to handle on his own. This was good for the government since the drug allowed the government to have a large control over the county. So this basically means that the government was trying to push addicts into wanting to go to a, re to a facility like a clinic. Um, and then in chapter 13, Donna is seen asking, how does justice happen in this cursed world? And she was describing how Donna herself has to do dark things for the government in order for justice to happen, which truly contradicts itself. And Donna explains how, is she even doing justice? And then lastly, the facility that is government controlled is supposed to help drug addicts recover but ultimately does not have the goal for them set for drug rehabilitation. So ultimately it causes people to, to see the government facility as just a way for them to create money and derange society. So the third topic was just about comparisons, similes, and metaphors. So in chapter four, Bob describes addicts as machines. In chapter four, Bob also compares Jerry's brain to his broken machine and he explains how it is just a bunch of wires and cut shortages. In chapter 6, he compares robbers to animal killers and addicts to caring for animals. In chapter 6, he explains how paranoia can link up to reality. And then in chapter 13, he explains how his own brain is no longer synchronized as to how a radio is. And then in chapter 13, Donna crashes into a Coca-Cola truck and she gets into a terrible car wreck while the truck 
goes off without a scratch and undented. And this is a comparison onto how reality treats people in their society. And then in chapter 14, Bruce explains how a, sac a fox sacrificed himself for the greater good of the society, which ultimately represents Bruce. So Bruce would be the fox. Which, putting it in general speaking, Bruce would also represent all the drug, drug addicts in the society. And then later on, I made the comparison of substance D to amphetamines, which is the drug that the author originally abused. So... I feel like I was making the comparison to substance C since as that is the heavily abused drug. So some themes and messages. So some themes presented in the novel were how in the novel there are bugs and the bugs are invisible and only drug addicts are able to see them. Perhaps the bugs are the issues in the world and how only drug addicts are able to see the true issues in the world and are not blind to the issues, unlike the rest of the society. Another theme slash message was the rich never understand the value of life in comparison to the people who live in poverty because they find happiness in the little things. And I feel like I could even relate that to life nowadays. Majority of the rich can never understand the true value of life because they're so caught up in their own little world. And when people are in poverty, they find happiness in the littlest of things, for example, if someone gives them a dollar bill or if someone just smiles at them, they find happiness. And then there was also another theme slash message that was presented, which was what are people's real personalities when they are alone in comparison to when they are around people? And I was using the using pathos logos and ethos to analyze this question because it's true how people use different like pathos logos and ethos for different people. So some people may use more pathos when they are talking to someone or ethos when they are talking to someone. So, people's real personalities are unknown to someone because normally they are disguised with pathos, logos, and ethos. So, another message was, past abuse makes you protective of yourself and scared of others. For example, touching you if 
your past abuse was sexual or physical. And this topic was discussed in the novel with Donna because Donna was living in fear that someone was going to take advantage of her just because she was a drug dealer. So it made me think if that's how all women in the drug industry feel. Another one that was asked was, what truly is life? This was asked by Bob, and Bob was going through the dilemma of what he was actually seeing as reality. Bob was torn if Fred was the real him or if Bob was the real him. And it just blurred his reality. And it caused him to ask what truly life is. And I even asked myself that because I don't even know what life is. And to be honest, I feel like the message that the author was saying that how some, on how some people use drugs to find what life is, for example, using ayahuasca or some other hallucination drugs. And now in day society that people use to find the true meaning of life. So using drugs as a way to find what the meaning of life is is not something new in the novel nor society nowadays. And also another message used was drugs allow for life to go faster, which you could obviously see from the antagonist development that Bob's life went from going to an undercover mission to almost dying and having to go to a rehab center. So, it's a big, big, fast resemblance of his life. And then some other messages were... Society norms. So some society norms in A Scanner Darkly that I saw throughout the book was how in the society a girl was turned into a heroin addict by her two older brothers and how a baby was an addict for giving a crack-covered pacifier into normality. It was, it has been normalized, which ultimately resembles with the 70s pandemic, and then in chapter 4, Fred explains how his job requires no emotions toward discussing events, normality, which ultimately shows how people are just blinded by the wrongs of society, and that they have to normalize every wrong that is occurring in nowadays society. And... Also, another society norm is that everyone is essentially having an addiction in this society, 
which you can see as Bob found using substance C as like medication prescribed by the doctor. He honestly did not see a wrong in taking substance D and did not look into going into rehab until the end when he did not have a choice. And also something I found was interesting was when a lady said a lot of people tend to choke to death quite often, which I think would be almost as a form of suicide or overdosing of a drug. Because when you overdose of a drug, you normally throw up the drug. And if you're sleeping on your back, you would choke to death. So that was seen as a society norm. So the author research. So some major dates I found on Philip K. Dick was he was born on December 16, 1928, and he died March 2nd, 1982. His twin sister died on January 26, 1929. When his twin sister died, it ultimately left him a emotional scar, and he wrote a novel called Phantom Sister based upon his twin sister dying. Another emotionally scarring event that occurred to Philip was when he was five, his father was transferred to Reno, Nevada, which allowed his mother to get a divorce with his father, and the mother got full custody of Philip, and they moved to Washington, D.C. In June 1938, the mom and Philip returned to California, and it was around this time that he became interested in science fiction. In September 1949 to November 11, 1949, he attended UC Berkeley. He ultimately received an honorable dismissal dated January 1, 1950. He was invited to be guest of honor at a Vancouver science fiction convention in February 1972. And on March 23, 1972, Dick attempted suicide by taking an overdose of the sedative potassium bromide. And he died later on in 1982 of a heart attack slash stroke. <laughs> So, some significant relationships. He was married to Janet Marlin, May to November 1948. Then he married Cleo Apostolides from June 14, 1950 to 1959. And then he was married to Ann Williams Rubens Nine from April 1st, 1959 to October 1965. Then to Nancy Hackett, July 6th, 1966 to 1972. And lastly, Leslie Tessa Bustos, 
from April 18, 1973 to 1977. All his relationships had abusiveness related to them, and he had tendencies to commit suicide after leaving his wives, especially Nancy Hackett. And then some important events in his life. So one major one I found while researching this author was he was believed to have been shot with an intelligence pink beam of light giving him secret religious knowledge, clairvoyance, and a bad case of time displacement. And this was because he had a paranormal experience from the drug sodium pentothal from the removal of his wisdom tooth. And I found that as one of his important events because all the enlightenments he had received from the pink beam of light carried on into his well-known novels. Another important event was A Scanner Darkly was the first completed novel he had written without using the drug speed. So you could obviously see while he's writing the novel A Scanner Darkly, not only is his main character going through withdrawal, but Philip as well is going through withdrawal which adds a darker theme to the book. He also never had a major during college, and he was always receiving pretty good grades. But when he did go to college, he did study the human mind quite a lot, which could be seen in his philosophical messages throughout the novel. And after his attempt to suicide, he went to rehab and permanently got clean. What influenced the author and how the author influenced others? The author was influenced to write A Scanner Darkly from abusing the drug adephetamines. So, he also influenced the creations of many other films, for example, The Matrix and the Adaption, and he shaped the way science fiction is written to this day. So, the author's writing style consisted of a suspenseful plot and the theme of personal finding personal your personal identity he would also write of some of his personal drug experiences which you can see from a scanner darkly So, how do humans explore the unknown? 
Well, humans tend to want to know the truth about everything, which leads people to do whatever it takes in order to learn what the truth is. In the book's case, Fred start, started using Substance D in order to fit in and continue his investigation on his roommates. But a question frequently appears at the end of the novel, which was, was it worth it for him to go through all the agony of Substance D just for him to complete his investigation? You can see that in the novel, A Scanner Darkly, the protagonist wants to learn what type of people his roommates are and as well as who Donna truly is. With the heavy drug abuse that Bob had, it would be more than enough for Bob to frequently lose his memory, which would result in him frequently gaining trust issues. Also, he gained an addiction to Substance D, which made him go crazy and led to him forgetting his name and going to a rehab facility. When we later find out Donna was in on this, and she quotes in chapter 14, the government asked too much from people who already paid with their life. From the context of the novel, Donna is explaining how everyone who tries to find out the truth, not just Fred, ends up paying with their life, which is drug addiction. So the second paragraph in answering how do humans explore the unknown is involves how drugs allowed to see the real world with Bob. We also see that drug addiction to substance C allowed Bob to see the world in a different view. It allowed Bob to explore the side of the world that is unknown to most humans. For example, when he was getting tested at the doctors, the doctors told him that there is another world we have yet to discover, which was how the world would look like with just viewing the reflection. Bob then begins to realize, since he sees the world through two different people, he sees what most people do not. In chapter 13, it mentions that substance C allows you to see through the world how it's supposed to be, quote-unquote, to be, which I find interesting assuming that the character went to the extent to try substance C in order for him to be able to see the quote-unquote unknown. And lastly, the third paragraph, which is how Donna went to the extent to explore the unknown. So another way people can explore the unknown is by how Donna used Fred in order to find out if the rehab center was growing slash producing substance D. Putting it into simpler terms, Donna used a person to explore the unknown. It is mentioned throughout the novel, but the one that stood the most out to me was when Bruce was telling a story about a wolf who had to sacrifice himself in order for someone else. This also reminds me of Antigone when she had to sacrifice herself, which gave me a tragic hero feeling for Bruce. But Donna perhaps was using Fred to explore the unknown. Which, which is the rehab center. So, it's up in the air, but I feel like Donna was also using Fred to explore the unknown. So the conclusion statement. <laughs> Thank you.
Scanner Darkly, we can largely see that this sci-fi novel explored the question of how humans explore the unknown by the use of drugs and the untold truth. Thank you for listening to my podcast and listening to me analyze a scan darkly and answering the question of how humans explore the unknown.